What's up, everyone? So here's your bonus episode about where I've been, what's been going on behind the scenes that has not been seen on Instagram, has not been seen in this podcast. Uh, I alluded to it in last week's episode on tenant abandonment that I've been going through some pretty heavy professional and personal crises, I guess you will say. And now I'm finally at the point that I want to be more transparent with you and tell you kind of what's happened, where I'm at and where I'm going, because this has been kind of a full reboot of my entire life. Uh, A large chunk of my professional focus has disappeared and I've created a completely new alignment for myself and I've been forced to do that. This is, of course, an episode that uh, the hot topic of it is going to be emotional. I think I'm desensitized enough from it now at this point that I can probably get through this without being a bumbling buffoon. That's the goal, at least. Uh, if there's a little bit of emotion that peeks through, uh, I, I guess all that I can say is I apologize. But hopefully you understand that this is a very big point and event in my life that I am sort of transitioning through and it's affecting some personal rebuilding and some professional rebuilding. So it's like this all encompassing uh, crisis that I've kind of been going through the past month for sure, but it's been building for honestly about a year. Now I do have some now former clients that listen to this podcast. So I'm not going to go extremely in depth into some aspects of what have occurred. You'll still get enough of an indication because I still want a little bit of honesty and transparency here, but out of respect for those that were involved with the company, I'm not going to go extremely in depth with what occurred in interpersonal relationships. But I am going to give you sort of a peek behind the curtain as to why I've disappeared and what's been going on and building for honestly a very long time. Building a real estate portfolio is as much about buying properties as being a de facto entrepreneur. I'm Karina Ufinger. I'm a multi-property investor, rental management company CEO, and also a landlord coach. I'm going to show you the systems and knowledge you need to thrive as a real estate entrepreneur. From your first property purchase to building a portfolio of passive income where you work less than five hours a week, you'll learn the essential information and skills to build a profitable portfolio and live the life you truly want. Whether you are well on your journey or just starting out, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Landlord Chick Podcast. Most of you here know my bio. You know I'm a real estate investor. You know I'm a property manager. Probably know I'm a real estate coach, things like that. I don't talk a lot about my personal experiences on this podcast. So I don't plug my company, Brio Properties, on here. I've never really done that. Mostly because our services are very centralized to Wisconsin. And I recognize that people from, honestly, across the world, 
listen to this podcast. So using this to plug my company doesn't necessarily make the most sense. So for that reason, I have not spoken a lot about what my company does and its services, things like that. In this podcast, it's obviously going to be extremely applicable. So this is going to be the first time that some of you are going to be learning truly about the company that I operate and what it does. If I'm painting the picture for this, it really kind of snowballed in the past month or so. But really, I'm going to go back a little bit further than that. I'm going to start back in probably about eight years ago when I started this company. So when I bought this company, and I technically bought it, but at the same time, I inadvertently didn't buy it. <laughs> Here's the crazy story about that. So I made payments to a couple to buy their property management company that was in charge of managing a 70 unit complex. When I went and set everything up with the bank and everything, I didn't exactly use the same exact company name. So I ended up basically creating my own company because their company was called Brio Property Services. I went to the bank and set everything up as Brio Properties. So I bought this company that managed a 70 unit complex. And the first two or three years, all we did was for one owner with that complex and then eventually some other, some other units that we had for him. I wanted to grow the business, so I started to grow it. Now, growth was very slow in the beginning because I was new to being an entrepreneur. Sure, I've grown up in real estate. I knew, I know a lot about real estate, but I don't necessarily know a lot about growing and expanding a business. So this was the first one that I had really done. So for that reason, it was a learning curve. It was learning about this idea of, there's a book out there, I think it's um, Blue Ocean, Red Ocean, uh, learning those concepts about making yourself stand out, not being overcrowded, uh, market, all these things, learning how to network. So growth was kind of slow to come. The first, the first four years that I tried to actively grow this, I only acquired four other clients and they were really small time clients. So they had basically three units or less. Everyone had three units or less. So growth was rather slow. I would say about the latter part of 2019 was when I really truly began to understand the idea of distinction in services and being able to provide a service that makes you stand out. So there was a, a lot of like transitions that went through in the company as far as our services and what we offered for people. My networking approach changed. I got really big into online platforms like Bigger Pockets, and that's where traction started to build. You know, they say traction is something that it seems like it happens overnight, but it really doesn't because you spend six, seven, eight, nine months building this consistency of visibility and presence. And then boom, it seems like it comes out of nowhere. And that's really what happened was a boom. It seemed to come out of nowhere in March of this year. Now, the timing of that was perfect because in February of this year, the one original client that we had, 
he announced he had accepted an offer under the table unannounced to us previously that he was selling the 70 unit apartment complex. This was something that really kind of abruptly took the wind out of our sails because it was completely unexpected. A large chunk of our operations were sort of based on managing this 70 unit complex. It was still a large chunk of our income at that time. So it really was this like, whoa moment, like, holy cow, this is a huge punch to the stomach. Me as the entrepreneur of the company, I realized that in order to survive this looming sale, we were going to have to grow fairly massively. Luckily, traction was starting to happen. We were getting new clients on board. We were getting new clients on the board to like two to three a month. So March, April, May, June, we were signing two to three new clients a month, which is amazing, amazing traction. It's absolutely what you wanted. It's headed in the right direction. But I also knew based on the income we were losing from the 70 unit that this was going to take a lot to get it to be self-sufficient without it draining on the reserves we had built up. So with losing the 70 unit complex, we needed to gain an additional 55 units before the end of the year. It seems like a hefty goal, but yet with the visibility and sort of the, the people we were getting onboarding it wasn't going to be too much of an issue. It was going to be tight, but it wasn't something that was going to be a, the 55 unit goal. Wasn't necessarily it's astronomical goal that couldn't be met. Now, as we're going through this transition, I want to make it known that this is a huge operational game changer for my employees. My employees thus far have operated with like 80% of their work and their income coming from this one specific owner, this one specific property. So to have this transition where our focus is becoming more divided across various properties, across various owners, there's a lot of stuff internally that kind of changes. You've got to be much more on your A game as far as, um, how you're handling projects, how you're viewing property visits, all these things kind of need to change. So on top of getting heavy into this expansion, I had to get heavy into revamping our operations. When I got heavy into revamping our operations, I also began to realize that we're going to need additional sources of income because in the reality of it, property management itself wasn't necessarily going to be self-sustaining anymore without that 70 units. And that was when I began to introduce other services like project management, uh, pre-purchase inspections. So project management, that's what we would do is whether or not a investor had their own contractors or they used ours, we would basically take care of being the boots on the ground, checking up on the scope of work, checking up on the calendar for the scope of work, making sure work was done quality, things like that. So we got into doing that. We got into doing pre-purchase inspections, which is mostly something for wholesalers, uh, sometimes for out-of-state investors that aren't using real estate agents. 
but we go and do video tours of properties. We document existing damages, things like that. I'm not saying this to plug the services. I'm giving you an idea of what I was doing to kind of build this company, build momentum. So I was developing these other services for investors to be able to use for us, which did ultimately feed to my big goal, which was one-stop shopping. I wanted real properties to become like the target of real estate investors in Wisconsin. Maybe not in Wisconsin entirely, but let's say like Southeastern and South Central Wisconsin. I wanted it to be the go-to one-stop shopping for people that were gonna buy properties, rehab them, rent them out. And that included getting into realty and doing sales. Now, part of the reason I wanted to get into realty and doing sales was because of what I was seeing going on with our current clients and how sometimes their uh, agents who are maybe phenomenal agents for buying your primary residence, but they're not the greatest real estate agents for buying investments. That was sort of like the driving factor behind getting into realty sales. But the other portion of it was in Wisconsin to operate a property management company effectively and legally. Here's the key part, legally you really should be a licensed broker or someone in the company should be a licensed broker. In the state of Wisconsin, in order to operate a property management company without a broker's license, there's a lot of contingencies on what you can and cannot do. So when I was originally growing this company, I referenced bringing on just one client basically per year for the first four years. A lot of that came from the fact that we were not a licensed property management entity. There was a lot of activity that still had to be completed by the owners because we were not licensed. So because we were not licensed, just like a snapshot here, uh, we could not necessarily say yay or nay to sending a vendor out. Everything had to kind of be run through the owner. Uh, we could not have rents mailed to us. They, I'm sorry, yeah, the rents cannot be mailed to us. They had to be deposited into the owner bank account. We also had to have owners uh, basically write their own listing ads. We could not write cozy two bedroom, one unit or one bathroom unit in uptown Kenosha, spacious backyard. We couldn't write that. That is all activities that are restricted for a licensed property manager. So you can tell that being an unlicensed property manager in the state of Wisconsin, in my opinion, at least is a fairly useless person because the landlord still ends up being heavily involved. In 2018, I think it was, I hired someone as a social media manager, I think, or was it an administrative assistant? I forget what I originally hired her as. She just happened to be a licensed broker. She suggested that we align her license with the company so that we could do a lot more things easily for our clients. And that was a great thing. It was a huge, huge boon for the business because really that allowed us to be a lot more hands-off for our clients, or I'm sorry, our clients could be more hands-off <laughs> with their properties. They didn't have to like approve all these things and all the sort of hoopla we were kind of jumping through. 
So having this person aligned with the company was one of the key things that really started to propel our growth in the sense of it was easier to sell our services because there was a lot more hands off stuff for the landlords that were giving us their properties. Now me, I did not have a broker's license. I was not a sales agent. In uh, 2019, I passed my sales license exam, and that gave me the ability to consider myself a licensed salesperson in the state of Wisconsin. I'm still not a broker, so I still cannot do certain things on my own. One of them being operated trust account, which is a huge thing in Wisconsin for a property manager. All of my authority to do things were coming from being a licensed entity through using this employee's broker's license. To become a broker, I had to start accumulating points. The only way to really accumulate points in property management is you get a half a point per month the contract is in effect. That's very slow going when you have to accumulate 40 points. The best way to get your points is to do sales because I could do a buyer or seller transaction and get six points for that. So really, I would just basically need to do like seven transactions and I'd have all my points. I had considered in 2020 moving my license out of my own company and going over to a brokerage and doing sales because then I would be able to more or less quickly accumulate those points in the sense of I wouldn't need like 20 property management contracts to earn my points. I would just basically need to do the seven sales or purchases. I did not ultimately end up doing that. Whether or not that was a good strategy or not, that's still up for debate. But I ultimately kept my license within my company. In June of this year, I got to the point where if all of the current contracts went to a year and we signed three additional ones, by the time June of 2022 rolled around, I was going to have my full broker's points. And I was going to be able to take my exam. Uh, unfortunately, that timeline did not happen. This is where I'm going to start to say a little bit less about what exactly occurred out of respect to people that were part of the company. Uh, going back to the transitions that we were going through and where I was expanding services and uh, really hardcore into growing and networking, building the company, there began to be operational and creative differences and fractures in my relationship with my employee that was the broker. Um, these fractures were, were things that I honestly, I honestly knew and felt we could overcome. And I always sort of approached them as you bring me a problem, we'll figure out a solution bring me a problem, we'll figure out a solution. I never, ever tried to be a dictator. Uh, I really gave her purview over day-to-day -day operations. I just wanted to have a say in the overall direction of the company. And the best way I can kind of describe it is that at some point, On her, on her side of the equation, um, she just became abruptly 
disenfranchised with being a part of this. And when I say abruptly, um, there was no two week notice. There was no buildup to it whatsoever. There was no, there's no indication from her that she was so unhappy to the point that she was going to abruptly terminate her relationship with the company. Um, I had zero indication of this. We have always talked to each other and said, Hey, anything that happens, we'll figure it out. We'll make a game plan. We'll figure it out. We'll overcome it. Uh, some stuff did kind of happen, um, in a 48 hour period that apparently was sort of, uh, the breaking point for her. Um, again, I'm not going to get into too much detail there from my perspective of, of this story. So I was out on a much needed vacation, um, getting a little bit into the personal side of this. I had recognized that for, uh, about for sure leading up to this for about three weeks, my mental health was not in a good place. Hardcore 100% not in a good place. I even can pinpoint specifically 1am on a specific evening where I hit an absolute whoa. I'm not going to get into that low very specifically, but needless to say, I hit the absolute nadir of my existence at at 1am on a particular night. And that was when I recognized that I needed help and I needed to change things. One of the things that I always do for myself is I take vacations to clear my mind and clear my head. As an entrepreneur, I have sort of trained myself that when I'm home, when I'm physically home, even if it's outside of hours, if I feel inspired to do the work, I will do the work. So this idea of nine to five didn't exist with me because if I felt inspired by it, I would do it. But I was also having this issue where I was getting so pulled in to handling day-to-day -day operations, which I did not want to be pulled into, especially when we're trying to actively grow this company. It became extremely draining on me and my mental health really started to fail. Probably I'd say it was like June of June of this year. Um, it's funny because earlier in the year, I thought it was sort of uh, residual from 2020 because let's all look at 2020 and say, what a fucking mess that was. When I started to break down a little bit, like around the holidays and stuff like that, I thought it was all 2020. I legit thought it was all 2020. Then June came of this year and life was getting back to normal. And I realized that it's not 2020. There's other things that are in, that are out of balance in my life that is creating this poor mental health for me. So in August, I knew I had to have a vacation. I absolutely needed this. I had that one evening where I hit my nadir of existence and I'm like, I need this vacation. So I planned my vacation. At first I thought I wasn't gonna get my vacation after I planned it because <laughs> wouldn't you know, I got assigned jury duty for August. I ended up being able to delay that jury duty for October. So luckily I didn't have to cancel this 
what was very crucial to my mental health this vacation. So the latter part of August, I got ready to go on my vacation. I was on my vacation. I got a phone call from my employee that this situation was really blowing up. I'm like, okay, let's get this handled. She was, she obviously needed some time to process and handle things. So I said, you know what, give me a call this afternoon. We'll hash this out. I know I, I can recognize you need a little bit of space right now. Come back to me in the afternoon. We'll hash this all out. I'll make myself available. We'll get this all figured out. That phone call never came. The only phone call I got was from my other employee who called me and said that the broker had abruptly resigned. She left the property. She was not coming back. She had notified the state that she wasn't aligned with the company. She had notified the bank she wasn't aligned with the trust account and that she was done. I was eight and a half hours away from my home at this point. And it was, uh, it was 4.30 Eastern time. I had to drive home eight and a half hours straight through the night, getting home at 1.30 AM and then having about five hours of work ahead of me, because not only did I obviously have to take care of certain things like, um, blocking her email, blocking her access to things. I also had to start taking down a lot of our marketing because we were no longer a licensed real estate entity, which meant that I'd take down all the listings we had. I had to more or less take down the web page. I had to take down the Facebook page because a lot of it mentioned you know, stuff for rent and licensed property manager. All this stuff had to be taken care of and taken down. Once I got home and I got all that taken care of, um, it began to hit me what exactly was happening. I was, I was losing my company and I was going to have to shut down the property management side of it. And I'll be honest, that really, really stunned, especially because we were getting such good momentum and at that moment, it was going to be an abrupt end to any client relations because if I didn't have a broker, I couldn't do anything. My contracts are based on having a licensed managing broker in the company. So my contracts offered me no protection when I had no broker. So over the weekend, I had to go through and send owners notifications. I'm very blessed that when I sent out the notification to owners, an owner called a mutual friend and said, dude, do you know what's going on? Like, this is what's happening. This mutual friend called a licensed broker and asked them to go out on a limb for me in the hopes that at the very least I wouldn't have to have an abrupt end to my company in the sense of I can no longer service you effective immediately. I was very blessed that this person went out on a limb without knowing me personally, this broker aligned themselves with me and my company, which gave me the authority to operate under certain conditions. Now you might think, okay, this is great. Now she's still got her company. Well, I, I don't. Because with the new broker, one of the things was that he'd never operated a trust account. If you've never operated a trust account, 
I'm not going to ask you to do one for property management because operating one for property management is much different than operating one for realty. If you're operating one for realty, it's like one transaction in and out per client. With property management, you've got 50 transactions happening per month in that account. You've got a lot of responsibility there for in and out flowing of cash. It's a big ask for any broker, especially one that doesn't know you. So I knew I wasn't going to have a trust account, which at that point, I'm not sure I was interested in continuing to be a property manager because I've, I've been on that road before. The prospect of waiting to get paid by owners for maintenance or management fees, it wasn't necessarily something I wanted to do. And here in Wisconsin, you cannot deposit rent into an operating account for the business. It has to go either into the landlord's bank account or a trust account. Any property manager that does otherwise, they're doing it illegally. So maybe that's my PSA out of this broadcast is if you have a property manager and they're not using a trust account and they're not depositing the rents into your bank account, they are not doing things legally. And chances are there are other things they are doing illegally. My grandfather always said, if you discover one thing that a landlord or property manager is doing illegal, you can be assured it is not the only thing that they are doing illegally. So anyway, I have this broker aligned with the company. It's nice in the sense of I don't have to abruptly stop all operations. I can help my clients transition to new property management. But I'm still shutting down my company, that aspect of it. And there's another reason for it, which we'll get into in the next segment. The other reason the company did shut down is because the employees associated with the company outside of the broker, every one of them had a personal relationship with the broker. So when she left, some of them questioned their ability to uphold the confidentiality agreement associated with the company. Uh, other ones just out of loyalty uh, felt that they they were going to leave. They did not leave to go work for her. She has not started her own company. She has not stolen clients. It's, it's nothing like that. But what that did was that took me down from having uh, six employees down to having two employees. And really that put an end to the operations in that portion of the state because I had no boots on the ground. Uh, so not having boots on the ground, obviously, is a whole different facet to running a property management company. It almost makes it very, very difficult. Now, up until this point, I've discussed the professional things that have happened. I got into a little bit of the mental things that have happened. Um, so when this company obviously got shut down for property management at the end of uh, August or when this situation occurred... I, you can only imagine how much of a gut, like a gut punch it was. I remember when I was in the hotel room, my employee called, I immediately, the room started spinning. I got really lightheaded. When I went down to talk to the front desk about checking out early, I couldn't recall my name. I couldn't recall the room number I was in. She had to trace who I was by basically scanning my key card for my room number and then when I was leaving the desk, I'd turn around and ask her, what room am I in? Like, this is just how mentally thrown off I was. 
as I've sort of looked back on this now over the past three weeks, I have realized how unhappy I was the past year or so. And now when I look back on the relationship with the broker, I see particularly for myself, it wasn't necessarily a healthy relationship. Uh, again, I'm not going to get into details, but I've had to reprogram the way I talk to myself. I've had to reprogram for me what it means to be an entrepreneur and what it means to be happy. I, I've, I, I lived the past year with a fear of missing a phone call. I, I went through the past year where I wasn't able to grow my own portfolio because I was so entrenched with this property management company. Another indication, and, and this is one that really kind of speaks, like whenever I would go out and be a part of organization. So I'm part of uh, the local citizens police association. So we do a lot of fundraising and assistance with the local police department. Anytime we went to a meeting, I was just looking at the clock, wondering when it would be done. And I'd be checking my phone to make sure I didn't miss anything. I really didn't want to talk to anybody. I really kind of kept my head down. I was either, you know, working on something for work in a break or I was checking my phone. I wasn't involved in the moment. And the same thing happened at, uh, we're also part of the local EAA, which is the um, like experimental aviation or, um, you know, Cessna people, et cetera. Again, the same thing there. I would just look at the clock wondering when the meeting is over. And when it was over, I'd be like, so can we go? Like I've, I've, I've got stuff to do. I wasn't engrossed in the moment. And I realized I've also probably been personally a bitch to people. Like not in the sense of like a mean girl, like I talk down to you or anything like that, but very standoffish, not really wanting to talk to people, not really wanting to interact with people. When I look back at it now, I'm like, gosh, that's an extreme indicator of being highly unhappy and highly overworked. And, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with being focused as an entrepreneur, but that's an indication that my life was out of balance. My life was out of balance because personal items were not being fulfilled. I was not having the personal life that I wanted. I was always distracted when I was trying to take care of my personal life. That's not a very healthy feeling. So as I look forward to the future, part of what I've had to do in the past three weeks right now is rebuild my mental health. I've been very blessed in the sense I've not had to dive headfirst into getting a nine to five job. Am I going to get a nine to five job? Probably not. Um, I'm not looking at going back to working for somebody else because honestly, it seems like a horrible idea. But for now, I'm, I'm, very much taking time for myself, doing what I want to do, enjoying freedom that I have not felt like I've had beyond the pandemic. I've not felt like I've had this freedom for 16 months. And because of that, 
I'm really taking advantage of this time, rebuilding relationships, personal relationships, rebuilding my own mental health, refocusing my life on what I want out of it, what's important to me, what I want to learn, what I want to do with my life, the person I want to be. I'm using this time to really rebuild myself. And I know ultimately I'm going to come out of this stronger and in a better place than I was before. When all this happened, my parents were on vacation. Normally, my dad would be the go-to person that I would call. But this literally was falling apart the day before he was getting on a river cruise. So I did not call my parents. I did not tell my parents. The first people that found out were my brother and my sister-in-law. And they have been a huge force of stability for me. But when my parents got back, I had the task of informing my dad what had happened. And I was really afraid of it because I felt like I was going to let him down. Like I, and here's the thing. My dad is not a judgmental person. My dad is not someone that I have a bad relationship with. I have a great relationship with my dad, but as a child, you know, you always are afraid of letting your parents down, regardless of whether you have a good relationship with them or not. So as I'm getting into this story with my dad and I tell him everything, I'm waiting for some sort of indication that I have let him down. All what my dad says in the beginning about this, when, I, when he has the opportunity to talk, is he takes my hand and he says, I had no idea you were that unhappy. I'm like, I had no idea I was that unhappy. But dad, I'm your strong military brat. My dad was National Guard, so I've always considered myself a military brat. I'm like, dad, I'm your strong military brat. Having this unhappiness, I felt it was a sign of weakness. And he said, sweetheart, just because you're my strong girl doesn't mean you have to be unhappy. If you are that unhappy, that means things need to change. It doesn't mean you're not strong. So as I'm rebuilding my life here, where am I going with this? I'm focusing on happiness. Yes, I'm strong. Yes, I'm going to come out of this. But I'm focusing on happiness. I'm focusing on building a company that I am happy building. So one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm focusing on getting established as a realtor so I can get those much needed points to get my broker's license. Once I have my broker's license, I can operate a trust account again. I can operate my company in the way I know it needs to be operated to make it efficient and make it less stressful for me. So my number one goal is to get out there and do realty sales and purchases for property investors. I am still offering these other services in Brio Properties. That company is not going away. Like I said, I, I, I still technically have two other employees. One of them I think has been on leave for a while. So she's probably not even technically considered an employee right now, but I still have two people that I can call upon to help me with this 
company. I still have project management. I still have pre-purchasing. I still have coaching. I still have all these things in real estate that I'm passionate about. I still love real estate. I'm still passionate about it. In many ways, I'm able to reignite my own passion for real estate and truly drive this company where I want it to go and what I want it to be, what I've always wanted it to be. When the time comes, when I have my broker's license, yes, I will start managing properties again for other people on a very large scale because then, again, I can be more efficient with my operations. Am I going to be established in Racine or Kenosha again? I, I don't know. I, I don't have a crystal ball. One thing I know for sure is when I rebuild the aspect of this company where I have more than the core employees that I kind of built this with, the two that I more or less kind of still have, but not really, I want them to be close geographically to me. Kenosha Racine was a 90 minute drive for me because after I established the company, I moved to be closer to my aging parents, be closer to my family. That area of the state is now 90 minutes away from me. Rebuilding a team that's 90 minutes away from you is a really difficult task. In fact, it's maybe even impossible. So when I first start to rebuild this company, I'm gonna focus in the area of the state that I live in the area of the state that I own properties in, which is only like 35, 40 minutes away from me. I'm still going to offer my other services. I'm still involved in real estate. I'm still passionate about real estate. The biggest thing I'm looking forward to out of this is being able to grow my own portfolio. I have not spent the time focusing on my own portfolio. I've mentioned in other podcasts that I have not been the best investor when it comes to my own properties because I've been so focused on property management and other people's properties. Now is the time to be focused on my portfolio and grow my own portfolio. I wanted to buy six units before the end of the year. I said that back in February. I even said that on this podcast. Obviously, I got hugely distracted, as you can tell from this podcast. I've got three months left in this year. I'm going to make my goal to get four units before the end of the year. And I'm going to be devoting probably 20 hours a week to making that happen. I want to make that happen. I want to get serious about my own investments again. I don't want my investments to be continually on the back burner. Because really, one of the things that... I've kind of known, but I failed to capitalize on is it's easy to build a property management company when you have your own portfolio to sustain the operations and the employees. So if I can grow my personal portfolio, it's going to help me get to the point of having a property management company up and running big scale that much sooner. So I am going full bore into rebuilding my portfolio, focusing on getting stuff done, focusing on getting those rents up to market rate. They are drastically under market rate. I've done rent increases this year recently, but they're still drastically under market rate. I am going to dive headfirst into managing my own portfolio effectively for the sake of my brother and I and growing it. I'm still taking some time off. I've I've got a vacation. I'm going to go back out on that vacation that I only got like 36 hours into. I'm going to go back on that vacation before the end of the month in November after my jury duty obligation is done in October. I'm going to make another road trip. I think I'm going to go to Virginia. I'm a history geek and one of, and the item that's on my bucket list is to visit a 
site associated with each president up to John Kennedy. So my, my trip that I was on, I was going to knock off three presidents off of my list. I'm going to go back out on that trip, knock an additional two presidents off of my bucket list. And then in Virginia, I'm going to do the homes everyone knows about, Monticello, Mount Vernon. But this is me focusing on myself and building the life that I want. If I run out of time and I need to go out there and get a part-time job, I'm going to do it. Hopefully, I can have it be in real estate. Hopefully, I can just get sales and other things up and running that I don't have to go and work for somebody else. I'm passionate about real estate. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still here. I'm still going to be here. I'm just not going to be doing property management big scale. I'm going to be focusing on other things. But if you're still a real estate investor that was thinking about getting into Wisconsin or is in Wisconsin, maybe you're even a current client of mine listening to this. Thank you for getting this far in a 45-minute episode. I'm still able to help you. I can help you buy I can help you rehab. I can help you evaluate a purchase. There's going to be a whole rebranding of my company coming forward. I'm going to launch it big scale over on my Instagram. My brother's helping me build a phenomenal website, a website I've always dreamed of having, but haven't had the skills to do myself. And I've never wanted to bother him before. But you know what? Talk about the ways that people step up to help you. My family and my friends have been amazing. My colleagues in this industry have been amazing. The people I was most embarrassed to tell what was going on have been some of the people that have been the biggest supporters and people to prop me up and lift me up. And I am eternally grateful for the show of friendship that I have gotten out of this. I used to say that I don't have many friends. I have been told now by my husband, by my sister-in-law, that I can no longer say I don't have many friends because of the way that people have really stepped up and made themselves available to help me and be there for me. Especially my one friend, Christine, who lives in New York. I've never met in person, but the eight and a half hour drive I made in the middle of the night, she was on the phone with me for six hours. Like there are moments of silence, but we talked for six hours on the phone just to get me home and get me home safe. So I have been blessed with a showing of friendship that I don't necessarily think I deserve because of how distant and awful I feel like I've been as a person. But I'm very grateful for every single person that has stepped up and offered their support, offered their assistance, even if I haven't taken you up on it yet because I don't necessarily know how to have you help me. I appreciate the thought, and I'm sure soon I'm going to come up with some way that you can help me. That is it for this very long personal episode. I wanted to get this out there, explain my absence, explain why maybe even I've had other absences that have been prolonged but not explained. In the future, 100%, this podcast, this community is a priority for me. I'm gonna grow this to be a resource, to be an asset to anyone, whether you wanna invest in Wisconsin or just in the United States, maybe even internationally, some stuff applies, not entirely sure. But I can assure you going forward, absences will be less frequent 
and the content will even be better than before because my focus will be where I want it to be and not necessarily where other people dictate it needs to be. Enough said. Thank you for making it this far in this very long episode. I appreciate, I appreciate all of you and I will see you next week with a real estate focused episode. So much for this bonus episode. Have a great day, guys.